Hey, what's up? This is Joey Allen from Warrant, and you are on the road to rock. Turn it up. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint, and for you to allow me to do it with you. God bless you. God bless the heartland. God bless America. You are now on the road to rock. It's not just a podcast. It's an unabashed celebration of rock's living legends. And now, please welcome your host, the master of your rock and roll road trip, leading you down the highway to hell, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to On the Road to Rock. This is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It, it's, it's fall here. You know, I, I'm sure you're joining us from one of my favorite cities in the U.S., beautiful Santa Monica, California. I'm here in Kansas yeah. City, so you're a couple hours behind me, sir. How are you doing this morning so far? Well, I'm on my fourth cup of coffee, and I'm... Uh... <laughs> wading through a glass of water and i'm trying to get myself together but i'm uh, i'm pretty good i'm really actually pretty good you know i'm in the studio uh so i got a day off today but uh i'm making the new record so you know i'm, I'm busy well you've been keeping busy and i kind of want to talk about that because you've really been productive especially you know things kind of shut down COVID's going on and you um you know releasing some new material of course the single not dark yet which I don't know what it is about that song, John, but it really kind of kind of spoke to me in a, in a time that you're kind of looking for some positivity in the world. And that song kind of did it for me. It's not dark yet. Maybe some hope. Maybe the song to me has sort of a glimmer of hope that, you know, things aren't always so bad. I think that maybe that's what that song means to me. Well, you know, it's a Bob Dylan song. And uh, you'd have to ask Bob. Of course. What, you know, the, you know, but, but uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would never try to explain a Bob Dylan song, but I, 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 I covered it uh, for its emotional range. And uh, obviously it's, uh, I, I, I take it as kind of Bob's measuring the time left and uh, his life, he, he, you know, hmm. Dylan, you know, we're going to, I mean, Dylan, it's a beautiful melody. It's an existential kind of blues. So I, I, um, I didn't think too much about it. I just played the song like any song. And I mean, our version is an hour and 18, uh, a minute and 18 seconds longer than his. So we did it in a, in a, in a more, uh, well, I, it's just the way I did it. I mean, it's just how it's great. But I mean, I hope if Bob hears it somewhere down the line, you know, he uh, has a slight smile, you know, he, he, he might agree with some of what I've done. You never know. I would say so. It definitely does the song more than justice, John. It's, it, it, it's great. Um, but th business is really getting ready to pick up for you. And I think this is important because you're getting ready to hit the road. And, Friday, uh, yeah. Quite yeah. a few dates. So this is like kind of the calm before the storm for you. Because, uh, um, yeah, you head out here this weekend and dates in Florida. And you've even got some some dates coming up with two of my favorites with Pat Benatar and Neil Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so much fun. Just how good does it feel in a general sense to get back out here and to be doing this? I mean, it's just got to feel really good. Oh, after, yeah. How long has it been? When's the last well, time you, you know, were on stage? Well, no, we've been out. We've been out for the last two months, maybe two and a half doing spot gigs. We did a yeah. couple of private shows for some very wealthy people that hired us to do a private show. And that got us back into it. And then the, the regular gig started coming in. Between now and mid-December, we have like 22 dates. 
uh, and adding more as we go. But it is, it is like remembering what you like most about your life, <laughs> you know, to get out there and actually play music and meet people and communicate. You know, I think with the lockdown, uh, it brought to mind how much I enjoy being around other people and the exchange that we all need. And music, you know, I mean, to play music live is so, you know, it just lightens everything, even, you know, I mean, it, to be on the road, you know, to be traveling to the next show, stopping into a coffee shop somewhere or loading up the guitars after the performance, sound checks, the crew. But we get to meet people, we met, get to meet the audience, and it's really been wonderful. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very glad. But, uh, you know, it's a lot to take on. You forget sometimes. You have a year and a half off, and it's like you uh, you put your feet up and you, you know, order a pizza and you're watching a, uh, a lot of TV. But it's, uh, it's like a shock coming back out, but it's a good one. You know, this, the way you said that and putting it kind of so, you know, simply with regards to the little things that you experience on the road. I don't know if yeah. you saw uh, Mick Jagger recently in a, I think they were in Tennessee and, and, and maybe in Nashville. Nashville. Or, and yeah. he just, they had this kind of organic moment where uh, I think Mick just went into kind of a, a hole in the wall bar and started singing karaoke. Yeah. People didn't even recognize just like that. I think for a lot of people, someone like him, Someone like you that have just been out there and done this so long, it's like you maybe didn't take in the little moments and now you're able yeah. to kind of recapture that a little bit. That's really, yeah. I thought that was meaningful. Yeah, I thought that was great myself. I mean, you know, I mean, Jag is a, a very human kind of guy and he's uh, he likes to socialize, I think. Uh, there's a picture of him stood at, uh, at a bar with a bottle of beer outside, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of nice, you know, um, uh, to be Jagger and go out anywhere is... Uh, is you know it could be a problem but uh you have to engage with people you have to engage in life but those small moments you know you stop into a roadside cafe and you talk to the waitress uh you know the guy that's uh doing the monitors at the show walks up and and, and maybe you've met him four years ago or a stranger walks up and says how much they like your music or whatever they, so it's all what life is you know it's, it's there's those small moments it isn't necessarily the show it's the whole day, you know? Oh, that's so well put. And, uh, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, doing some shows with, with Pat Benatar and, and Neil yeah. Gerardo. Yeah. How, how, how well do you know Pat? Oh. And kind of what's the history there? Because I, yeah, he's tremendous. I mean, one of my favorite singers for of yeah. all time. She's now, the great people. Uh, Neil produced my first solo album in New York in 1981. Yep. And we've been friends, you know, for such a long time. And uh, we're on a lot of dates with them. Patty's uh, just great. She's singing really well. And it, the, the rhythm section, uh, Mick and Chris, they're just nailing it. Uh, Neil's just completely in the moment. I mean, he's, he's great, you know, a lot of positive energy. When you're in a, when you're in a situation where, with people like that, it's really a joy to show up, you know. You, you get to the gig and all the people that are in the crew and the, you know, it's just great. I mean, everybody's like looking forward to the show. There's great energy and um, everybody's got hits. You know, it's like, a, it's just a, it's a joy. You know, we're really yeah. looking forward to getting back with them. We've been out with them. We probably played about five or six gigs of the last few months, two months. I don't know, but um, 
but yeah, it's it's a good bill. I think people should come to the show. Oh, no question about that. And I want everybody to make sure they go uh, check out the website for all the dates. Uh, John Wait World dot com. What worldwide. Worldwide.com. Come on. Man, come on. It's too it's a it's eleven thirty, John. You think I'd be a little more with it than that? Yes, John Wait, Wait, It's nine thirty here, my friend. I, right, right. I'm gonna I'm still I can just put myself on California time because that's where I'd rather be anyway. I nope. mean it's been like 90 degrees here in Kansas city. And it's, uh, we, we usually get all the seasons, you know, but I guess maybe, maybe not this year. We're not going to get our fall. Yeah, no, it's a strange thing. I mean, uh, the global warming thing is kind of just really now come. Uh, I mean, everybody's noticing now, I mean, New York downtown getting flooded. Uh, I mean, tornadoes, you know, droughts, fires, uh, the sea being polluted, the air being polluted, the food being, it's time to get it together. You know, I think we're all feeling it now because of the weather. That's the first thing we'll, we'll feel no matter where we are, a change in the weather, but um, it's time to really address that. You know, anybody that's got a, an ambition for their family, their children, the future, we can't do it without the planet earth and we should take more care of it. Uh, absolutely agree there. Um, John, for, for, and I, you know, people like yourself that travel around that have been around as long as you have, you, yeah. hear, you hear different stories about how people have found, discovered your music or for me, you know, growing up in the eighties, cause I, you know, I'm only 37, but for me, and I think for probably a lot of people, it was soundtracks. Uh, yeah. for me, for me, it was vision quest. That's how I, I ever yeah. heard the song change, which I didn't realize had been re-released at that point, uh, as it came out in 1982, but why do you think that your music was such a great fit for so many classic soundtracks, whether it be days of thunder vision quest, true romance. I mean, so many of your songs are synonymous with these huge hit films in the, in the eighties and nineties. And wh why do you think that your music became such a great fit for that? I've, you know, I, I, um, Joe, yeah, that's a good question. Cause I've, I've managed to get some songs in some major movies. But I mean, I honestly don't know. I think maybe the director, like Tony Scott, uh, he uh, asked asked me to write a song for, um, oh, actually Jim Marza, who was doing the soundtrack for True Romance, the Tarantino movie, Tony Scott filmed it. And I think those kind of uh, people have an awareness of, of uh, visuals, and obviously a lot of things, they, they recognized a lot of things, but I think pulling me into those movies was, uh, you know, as a watershed thing. It's like, I mean, being asked to write a song for a scene in true romance, you know, somebody rings you up and says, you want to write a song? And you say, well, what is it? And they say, well, it's for Quentin Tarantino, Tony Scott, and you go like, of course I do, you know, you know, it's going to be a classy thing. So they sent me a video, in those days, they had video of a scene. And I, me and uh, Mark Spiro, my good buddy, we wrote a song. And the demo that we wrote became the, the actual master. It was so inspired just watching the movie. Uh, maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe, I mean, I love film, you know. And when I look at something like that, I step into it. But um, to meet Tony Scott and shoot the video with Tony Scott in Monument Valley, uh, he put me on top of a mesa. It's like 6,000 feet high or something. Uh, you know, the mittens, they call them, they see him in the yeah. John Wayne movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. He dropped me on top of, of that 
in a, in a helicopter from a helicopter and then dive bomb me, you know, <laughs> and I'm uh, up this mesa like, and I'm bad with heights, you know, but, and then we got in the helicopter and there's me hanging out at the back of the helicopter um, with Tony filming me, you know, singing this song in dreams. I mean, he, that was the best experience I had with, with uh, writing for a movie. I really was moved by, it's a great movie, True Romance. And Tony was such a great guy. And um, just to be involved in something that Tarantino did, you know, it's just a great thing. Well, you give credit to the, the directors and producers of these films, but I think it's also because your music is so wide reaching. It's so digestible by the Ooh, general public, right? Yeah, I, I hope so. But uh, you don't want to be too commercial. You don't want to be too pop. You well, know? interesting. It has to have credibility no. and you, you can't just chase a hit. I think actually, from my point of view, um, you know, that there's, there's a top 10, which is usually raving pop music. And then there's the rest of the top 10, which is probably the better music. Um, mm. You can't write for the charts. You can't, you have, I mean, I, you know, you can talk about Dylan and you talk about this song and you think, well, Dylan doesn't write pop music, you know? But every time you hear a Dylan song, there's a hook in there. It's the weirdest thing. The thing I'm, I always try to avoid is the thing that, that Dylan can do falling off a log. And it's, but it's commercial, but it's got this tremendous message that comes with it. So there's a real craft to making legit music, yeah. And that stands the test of time, certainly. And you, yeah. uh, in 2006, I believe, were, did the uh, a duet with Alison Krauss uh, yeah. with Missing You. Obviously, that song is timeless. It's so many things. What was it like for you kind of revisiting it with her and sort of the arrangement that you were able to do with her to, to sort of bring it more into her world, so to speak? Yeah. But it just, it, I thought it still was tremendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was a, a major moment for me to work with Alison and uh, we ended up on the Opry together, which was a massive thing yeah. for me coming from England, you know, but to be on stage with my band and Alison and uh, wow. I mean, she's the real thing. She walks the walk. She's a beautiful human being and a magnificent talent. And it was a, a watershed moment for me to step into that world. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, completely timeless and I think just introduced the song to a, a, a whole new generation of people yeah. and th makes it tremendous. I got to ask you, John, because I'm such a fan of Dick Clark and just growing up and, and watching American Bandstand, you were on there in 1984, I think for the first time. And what was that like? Cause I just watched a little clip of that interview on YouTube and just seeing how you interacted with him and like how it just brought me back to what you it must have been like for you coming to, you know, from the babies into your solo act at this point, And you were really kind of hitting your stride. You just released yeah. Missing You. And all. what was yeah. that like interacting with Dick Clark on that? Well, show? you know, just fantastic. I mean, he's an institution, you know. I mean, he looks like a, or he looked like um, like a very manicured uh talking head, you know, a good looking guy, Mike, you know, but be, behind that, he was really knowledgeable about music and he really did take a, a tremendous interest in the artist and had a lot to do with launching a lot of different acts. You know, he was a heart and soul guy and um, it was great to meet him, but I got to meet all the people like um, 
Mike Douglas and Dinah Shaw and Merv Griffin, all those people, you know, uh, one minute you're in the wings and the next minute you're on national TV being interviewed live by somebody and they're asking these really intense questions about music. You think you know what's going to come next for those people. But uh, the other day I watched Johnny Carson. I watched a, a clip of Johnny Carson and man, is he funny. I mean, he's so dry. And uh, those people, they're like the Mount Rushmore of TV. You know, they they had this brain. They had this, um, a lot of the, the late night talk, talk show people have that now. But um, it's it's like a, it's like a, a chain of command, you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's just so authentic, but it was great to meet them and great to talk to them. I had a huge respect for, for him. Yeah, I really did. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, bad English, who yeah, you sure. guys had some great success. And of course you were able to re, you know, rejoin with, with Jonathan and Ricky, but uh, Neil Sean and Dean Castronova. Now Dean Castronova's someone I'm a huge fan of yeah. and he's back in journey now. And I, I always thought his voice is so underrated. Not only is he one of my favorite drummers, I think he has a great voice and you know, just that magical little thing. I mean, I guess the eighties was an era of super groups, if you will, you can call it whatever you want, but bad English, you guys really hit on all cylinders there. And it's kind of, yeah. what, what was that like for you at, looking back on it? Kind of well, it with the, yeah. It was a great time. I mean, it was like fresh. And I think the first year was a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. We were touring all the time. We'd made a great record. Talking about Dean, to play with Dean was great because he's such a great drummer. And Neil, I mean, those two could play anything backwards. Yeah. And so as a singer, when, when, you know, when Dean would come in, it was like it was it was like hearing the music that you couldn't not dance to my whole body would be like moving as I was singing because I was dancing, you know, in my own way on the mic, you know, uh, but he's that good. God bless Dean. You know, he's really great. And a great guy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I think after about 13 months, it started to uh, kind of get weird because there's a lot of pressure to make a second album. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to repeat myself and do just the same album again. So I was pushing to do something a bit different. Uh, we did our best, but I think we, it was too early to make a second record. And um, it just hit the wall. But I mean, like, you know, like I say, the first year was, you know, just amazing. You know, going to Japan and touring America and um, having a lot of fun, really. Absolutely. And a huge fan of that. And John, before we let you go, I got to ask you about about some of the art you've done. Again, uh, it's available. You can check it out on your website, johnworldwide.com. Yeah. But where did you, I mean, I always say there's something about creative people. There's something about a talent that you have that, you know, maybe it's music, maybe it's art, maybe it's acting, but for you, you know, to be able to kind of combine that with, with the music, I mean, what, where did you kind of find your inner artist and when did you well, realize I, that yeah. that was a passion for you? Well, I, I went to art school in Lancaster, England, my hometown, for four years. I got a diploma. I was going to be a, a painter and I was going to be an illustrator. And uh, it just didn't pan out. I joined a group, uh, probably when I was about 14, I, I was in my first band. But when I was at art school, about 17, I formed a band. 
and I got drawn towards music. It was faster. I could make, I could do what I wanted with music faster than with art. But with the new release, Wooden Heart, um, hang on, I got it here somewhere. Oh. Yeah. Hang on, let me show you this. this there it is. is. This is uh, this is the cover. Yes. This is the original artwork. But I mean, I, I was drawing this thing because we sell them on the internet, yes. like it's an autographed self-portrait, really. But um, I looked at that and thought it's time to go back in the studio and um, add to Wooden Heart. And that's why there's three CDs on Wooden Heart, and that's why um, we're having this conversation. Really, I mean, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, I, I've always painted. I like the arts. You know, I read a lot and stuff. And then I get on stage and, and it's rock and roll. But, um, you know, whatever. It's a great life. I've been very, very lucky. And uh, I've, I've met some great people, played some great shows. And I love it. Well, uh, the Wooden Heart Acoustic Anthology, the Complete Recordings, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, it's available now. It's on anywhere you can get it. I'm, on, I'm getting it on Amazon Music right now. So... Um, check it out anywhere. It's got it's just a great anthology of the career, and obviously the uh, the new single and things like that. Um, but you you said you're ready for this next album. I mean, what this was obviously a labor of love for you in many ways. Yeah. So as we move on to the next, kind of what what's the headspace as you're as you're moving on, and what what can you tell well, us about this new one? Well, it's um. There's a, there's a cassette player I have from Radio Shack. And, and for the last few years, I'd, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and sing something into it, or I play into it, at, you know, six in the morning, six at night, whenever. And there's all these songs on there. So I decided to record them, like just pull them apart. And it wouldn't, you know, probably when I'm finished with it, I'll just throw the cassette into into the fire. It's been it's been like ghosting my life. So I decided <laughs> I decided about a month ago to go in the studio and start recording everything that's on that cassette with a band and try and see what's there. And I, I was there yesterday in the studio. We're, we're working a few days a week. I'll leave for the road on Friday for like two and a half weeks. Right. But the moment I come back, I'm going straight back in the studio. But the songs are so far ranging now. I mean, there's like acoustic songs, hard rock songs, melodic songs, songs with me with just a guitar. I mean, it's all over the place. And um, I'm digging that. The, the albums I've made, I think, in the past have been, you know, pretty varied in the content. But this time around, it's kind of no holds barred. It's like I just want to have fun with it and the best songs are going to be on the album. It doesn't matter if they hang together. They're going to hang together in some way because it's from me. But uh, I'm not going to think twice. I'm going to just react and go and then release it. It should be out in about six months. Wonderful. Absolutely cannot wait for that, John. You're just tremendous. You look great. Ready to Thank hit you. the road. It's going to be tremendous. Can't wait to catch you out there somewhere out there in the ethos here in America somewhere. Get yeah. to make that happen. Thank you so much for being a part of On the Road to Rockets. It's, it's a huge pleasure for me, sir. So continue to Well, success. God bless you. I enjoyed the questions. And, uh, you know, that was a great way to wake up. I, I had oh. a good time. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thanks, John. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.